It's day two of budget hearings. And also, Mayor Johnson will no longer be making a trip to the southern border. Instead, he'll be staying in Chicago to continue to monitor the migrant crisis from here and working with the council to pass his proposed budget. Joining us now are two of WBEZ's city government and politics reporters. Mariah Wolfels here in studio. Hey, Mariah. And on the line from City Hall is Tessa Weinberg. Hey, Tessa. Hey, thanks for having me. So the mayor this week canceled his plans to travel to the border to assess the situation. What were the goals of the initial trip and why did he change course, Mariah? Yeah, so when he announced that he was going to go, he said he really wanted to see for himself what the situation was down at the border um, and to also develop stronger lines of communication with officials down there. Because as you know, the city of Chicago is just getting inundated every day with buses and the arrival times of these buses have grown more and more chaotic. Mm-hmm. The city, you know used to be able to receive buses before 11 p.m., but now they're coming at all hours of the night, according to the Johnson administration. So one, it was to see for himself the kind of um, devastation down there and and all that they're dealing with, but to, to kind of, you know, establish maybe a personal relationship um, with officials in hopes of getting in just a better routine, because as as you know, it's, you know, a huge burden on city officials. You know, Johnson in his budget proposal is pitching additional positions at the departments that are intaking or taking in, you know, asylum seekers um, just because handling the influx of buses has become so unmanageable. And so that was, I think, a huge goal of the trip and remains a goal of the trip with the people who are going, including his deputy mayor of immigrant, migrant and refugee rights, um, his chief faith engagement officer, three members of the city council, mm-hmm. and then I think some other faith leaders. And so they will go assess the situation and come and report back. But Johnson saying, you know, he well, his deputy chief of staff kind of saying that, um, it's really important for him to be here right now, especially as the city still struggles to prop up, locate locations for, and then prop up these right. winterized base camps they're trying to open before the weather gets unbearable. Yeah, well, earlier in the program today, Tessa, we talked with Christina Passione Zayas, who's the, the mayor's deputy chief of staff, and uh, we discussed the city's response to the needs of migrants. And she said that the city has identified a few sites for for so-called winterized base camps. Give us the timeline here. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, Reporters at briefings that the administration has had, you know, with uh, the administration have been asking, you know, when there's maybe going to be updates, when we'll see some of these, um, you know, base camps actually constructed. And it's kind of been TBD. Um, You know, she has said that uh, they've been asking older persons to make sure they're volunteering locations and that it's, um, you know, maybe only a quarter of them have kind of understood the assignment and and done their homework, quote unquote. And she's, um, you know, told reporters previously they're working on contingency plans in case, you know, maybe these base camps are not set up in time and that she's um, kind of defended this as just, you know, welcome to government when it comes to the slow pace that we've seen. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, any kind of pushback maybe we see from some of these sites. I know one of them is potentially in the Brighton Park area we've seen, um, you know, what community residents say and also then just how quickly, you know, these can actually get constructed and that folks can kind of, you know, be moved in and living in them. To that end, we, we also talked to, to her about the tension between the need for getting community input about these shelters that are to be placed in, in communities um, with the urgency of housing migrants before it gets colder. And I'm curious what you've been hearing from alders around the topic. 
Yeah, I think that's something where, um, you know, older persons want to make sure that, you know, their voices are heard, that they are getting, you know, heads up and input about this. I think it's something we've seen um, when it comes to the the budget committee hearings. Yesterday was the first day we saw the budget director, um, the chief financial officer, the CFO and the comptroller. And it was clear from older persons questions that, you know, how the city is handling um, their response um, to, you know, the ways of asylum seekers were getting is on their mind. They constantly were pressing, um, you know, top officials of, you know, is this $150 million that's been proposed in Mayor Johnson's budget enough to last the year? And if it's not, why are we you know, only allocating that now? And they, um, you know, consistently said they are pushing for more federal funding, but it was on older persons' minds of, you know, is this prudent? Um, to be allocating what we know is maybe not going to get us through the rest of the year for next yeah. year. Well, Tessa mentioned the budget there, so let, let's get into it, Mariah. Last week, Mayor Johnson gave his first budget address. So this week, the city council is in the middle of budget hearings. Today is day two, as I mentioned earlier. So just sum up how yesterday went. Yeah, I mean, Tessa kind of outlined it. I think, um, you know, a main point of yesterday's hearings, which, you know, I admittedly did not cover because I was in a six-hour pretrial hearing for uh, former Chicago Alderman Ed Burke. But, um, you know, seeing seeing the coverage, including from Tessa, uh, the $150 million for migrants is a huge sticking point and is going to continue to be a huge sticking point because this and even when it came out, you know, a, as a reporter, I said to myself that and he was asked about it in his press conference like that seems like a very low amount, mm-hmm. um, given the fact that the city will spend is slated to spend more than $300 million on the crisis from August of um, 2022 when the first bus came to the end of this year. And so, um, you know, that seems like a very low number. In response to that, I think Johnson has said this is indicative of how we are going to ramp up pressure and how the federal and state government should feel the pressure of sending us more dollars, which the city yeah. has been slow to receive. But I think older persons yesterday said, OK, but that like what if that doesn't come through? You know, um, are we going to have to go back mid year and reappropriate funds? Are we going to dip into our reserves? And I think, you know, um, Mayor Brandon Johnson's floor leader, older person Carlos Ramirez Rosa said to the Sun Times, too, that he he thinks that that will only last, you know, half the year um, if the city is not mm. getting the funding that it needs from the federal and state government. And so what does that look like mid year? And I think that is a huge sticking point for older people because they, you know, they're they're. I think the argument from some is just like, let's just appropriate it now um, as opposed to being overly optimistic about what funding will come through. We'd like to have a realistic picture of what spending looks like next year. And so I think that'll continue. Can you give us a picture of, of what these meetings are like, especially for folks who have not been to City Hall and, and sat in one of these? I mean, does it get heated? It sounds like it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the one, not the one, but like one of the few opportunities older people have throughout the entire year to grill the city officials who are in charge of the policies that they debate constantly and hear from constituents on. And so, um, you know, people often ask, like, as a resident, how do you get involved in the city's budget process? Well, during these budget hearings, you will hear older people asking questions that they've received specifically from their constituents. So it can range from anything to why aren't we allocating more money to the migrant crisis to why doesn't Miss Johnson in my ward have a working garbage can or like why are there garbage 
trucks leaking garbage juice throughout the alleys and it smells and my residents are upset about it. Mm -hmm. And so they do get heated because every department official has to come before Alderman and testify about why they need this money for the next year. And that, you know, naturally leads to questions of like, okay, but what have you done with the money you got last year and why am I still seeing these problems and how are you going to fix them? And so it ranges from... Yeah, dollars and cents, but also to every policy issue and every, you know, this issue is the that, moment to, to bring it up. Right. right. And it's it's the moment to put put, you know, people on the hot seat. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tessa, I mean, you're there now. How are hearings going today? What what are the top budget questions that alders are asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to Mariah's point, we saw the leaky garbage trucks come up yesterday <laughs> uh, as a topic. Um, today, so far, we've had um, the Office of Inspector General and the Ethics Board um, you know, testify, answer alderpersons' questions. Um, there was actually a lot of praise for those two offices from alderpersons. Um, the Office of an Inspector General talked about needing, you know, more physical space, that they're looking for a new office space, um, the way that they've changed their intake process to to um, take on complaints. And then now we're moving on already to um, some of the next entities that are on deck for today. Um, there's going to also be the Civilian Office of Police Accountability, the police board. And then later in the afternoon, we'll have another hearing with the License Appeal Commission and the Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection, um, where I'm sure we'll see lots of those, you know, nitty gritty questions of older persons, you know, asking, um, you know, about permitting processes and things like that. Um, but we also saw a lot yesterday in addition to the um, funding for migrants, a lot of discussion and pressing administration officials for more clarity on, you know, what exactly is happening with um, the police department, the number of sworn officer positions, a big part of Mayor Brandon Johnson's proposed budget is that, um, you know, 400 civilian positions mm-hmm. are going to be added and, Alder person's really, really pressing, you know, is that warrant officer positions that are be taken away? Is that police vacancies? And there wasn't a lot of clarity, but we're going to have days and days and days of these hearings all through next week. And, you know, Chicago Police Department will be one of them. So I'm sure we'll continue to see, you know, more details trickle out and alder persons continue to press for just, you know, more specific info so they know yeah. what they're going to be voting on. So, so far, as Tessa said, alders were pretty focused on migrant funding and the, the police officer increase. What do you think, Mariah, will be some other main sticking points going forward in these hearings? Yeah, well, Tessa and I share our brain, so we often answer each other's questions. And I would reiterate what she said about the, you know, um, vacancies. I think that is going to be a sticking point because year after year, the city has budgeted for sworn officer vacancies that they've struggled to fill. And that costs a lot of money. And so what Johnson is doing is reallocating some of those positions, at least to civilian positions that mm-hmm. he thinks will save money and also free up sworn officers who are doing civilian positions right now to patrol the streets instead. But there are details missing from that and how much it's going to, you know, how many sworn officers are there still vacant in the police department and how yeah. much money is this saving and stuff like that. And, so and the mental that. health centers too, right? Yeah. Reopening those. I'm- yeah, right. And so that's, that's a huge, you know, change in policy of the health department. Yeah. And for the past four years, Chicago Alder people have heard from the city's former public health director, Dr. Allison Arwady, that mental health centers are not the most efficient way to deliver resources right. to residents. Instead, you know, under Lightfoot, they pers- they pursued a 
strategy of sending those dollars to local mental health organizations. Johnson, as someone who has said over and over again he wants to invest in the public good, is making good on that promise by wanting to reopen public mental health centers run by public employees. Mm -hmm. But he's going to have to answer questions about why he thinks that is more efficient than the path that the city has been on for the past four years. And I think that that's something that will be, yeah, a a kind of... um, I'm certainly keeping an eye on that. Yeah, a main point of the CDPH hearings coming up. Tessa, remind us how long this budget process takes... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there will be hearings every day this week and next week, and, you know, strings of departments will be coming in uh, testifying and answering questions. Um, you know, from there, there will be a, a budget amendment process, and then, you know, the tentative schedule has a final uh, vote on the budget slated for November 16th. Um, so we'll see if it happens by then, and uh, basically all the persons in city council just have to, um, by law, pass a budget mm-hmm. before the end of the year. So they still have some wiggle room if November 16th ends up being too optimistic. So we've got another month of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. We've got just a minute left, Mariah, and I know you've already mentioned that you've been following the hearings ahead of ex-alderman Ed Burke's trial next month. Briefly, tell us an update of that. Yeah, so his trial is scheduled to start November 6th, and there are many, many, many questions to answer before that trial starts. You know, the judge, the defense attorneys, and the prosecution preparing for what they are allowed to present to the jury, what the questions of jury selection will look like. So there was a six-hour pretrial hearing yesterday where they debated, you know, very, very weedsy questions about what, what pieces of the massive amount of secret recordings of Burke they can play. Mm. They also debated questions like, should we ask the jury, you know, if they live in the 14th Ward? Um, should we ask the jury if they think every politician is corrupt? Should we ask the jury if they have very strong feelings about Chicago City Council or politicians? Trying to get an idea of, you know, because this is a huge case. It's it's hard to not have not heard about it or have some opinion about Chicago politics. So I think the defense has its work cut out for him <laughs> for, and, sure. for them in finding a free jury, but um, a fair jury. And but um, we are scheduled to start November 6th. And I'm sure I'll be back on to talk. about You it will be back. I'm booking you now. That's <laughs> WBEZ city politics and government reporters, Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg. Thank you both. Thank you.